First reading is from James chapter 1. Uh, it is verses 19 through 25. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after having looked at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Second reading is not worth flicking to. It is um, Proverbs 18, uh, verse 13. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, wonderful to be with you. I um, haven't met you, met, met, met you yet. My name is Pete. I'm the pastor here in a West. Uh, and great to have us all together, particularly on a daylight savings day. So well done, everyone. I'm very impressed. Uh, we are in a series uh, called Gospel Rhythms. Uh, we believe that the gospel, the message of Jesus, by its very nature, isn't just something that you believe, but something that works its way through all of your life. Uh, we think that if you believe and trust in Jesus, then by uh, by kind of the nature of, of doing that, your habits and your rhythms, your rituals uh, will be shaped by that truth. Now, there are any number of habits and rituals throughout the Bible that we could talk about, but here in this series, we're uh, zooming in on just five. Uh, some of them uh, will be common and, and kind of well-spoken about in Christian circles, and maybe some not so common. And I think one of them, at least, uh, that we'll do today would be in that latter bracket. Uh, but they are bless, listen, eat, speak, and Sabbath. And they actually form the word bless, so it makes it easy to memorize. Um, today we're just going to pick out two of those, listen, the L, and speak, the first S. Uh, so that's what we're going to do today. Uh, before we jump in, uh, let's pray together and ask God for help. Father, we long to be people who reflect who you are, and what you've done, and who you've made us to be. We long to be people whose actions measure up with our beliefs. Father, help us to not just be listeners, but doers, but also not just doers, but listeners. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. So James 1.19, famous verse, says... Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. These well-known words uh, from James are somewhat like unin uninvited party guests at the party that we kind of call <laughs> the modern life. Unwelcome because they seem so far from reality. It would be more accurate, it seems, to say that most people are slow to listen, quick to speak, and very quick to become angry. 
our world seems to reverberate with opinion and chatter and talking. The internet particularly has become this mammoth platform for ideas and thoughts, many of which are valuable and good, but just as many are quick-draw pop shots, weaponized words that are totally lacking in compassion and empathy or understanding. Modern conversation, it seems, uh, seems to struggle to find a middle ground between, on one hand, being kind of shallow and insubstantial, and on the other hand, harsh and overbearing. Why is this? Well, James tells us that it's largely because we've forgotten the art of listening. We've forgotten forgotten what listening is. Listening is not just hearing someone. It's not just comprehending their words, but it's understanding the words and what's behind them. Stephen Covey, the management guru, says uh, that listening has to include hearing, processing, understanding, and relating. Listening is far more than just what comes in through our ears. It's a, it's a heart work. It's a relational work with someone. And it seems that in many uh, sectors of our world, we've forgotten how to listen well. There's another problem as well, and that is the simple, basic problem of human pride. Because pride makes us want accolades. We want to come across as wise, learned, Witty, funny, knowledgeable, opinionated. And to be honest, most of the time, we just want to be right. And that desire pushes our tongues into overdrive. So we give unsolicited advice. We criticize, we cajole, we mock, we demand. We become outraged. We chatter and we prattle on. Like an orchestra where... Each instrument is playing a different tune in a different key. A world driven by pride is just a cacophony of noise. But James, in this incredible book, says, not so amongst Christians. At least it shouldn't be. The church as a, a complete, should be completely different from the rest of society. It should be a place where everyone is quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Listening and speaking are essential gospel rhythms, but have to be put in the right order. Unless we first learn to listen to people, then even words of life, even words of truth, are poorly timed and ineffective. And we just simply add to the noise. So today's what we're going to talk about is how can we be good listeners and good speakers? And how can we understand how those two things, those two rhythms, work together in harmony? First of all, let's talk about what it takes to be a good listener. A little while I got a message uh, from a friend, and the message was pretty short. It just said, hey, uh, there's this guy I know. He's between churches at the moment. Could you catch up with him? Now, as a pastor, I'm like, absolutely, it's... My whole job. So I'll sure, catch up with him, message the guy, um, arrange to meet in a cafe, and I go and meet him. Uh, 
as soon as I get to the cafe and I see him there, I'm like, great. So we sit down and I say hi, we introduce ourselves. And I just kind of launch into the spiel. You know, it's a spiel I've done many times before, talking about the vision of a church and what we find it important, how it's structured, uh, what it would be like to come and join. And I think, cool, no worries. The problem was I'd forgotten to listen. I started talking, but I'd forgotten to listen to him. If I had uh, remembered to listen, I would have found out that between churches actually meant hadn't been at church since he was a kid. He was not a Christian. And in fact, not particularly um, uh, kind of in Christian circles or particularly um, in, a, in a state of mind to be hearing all about our structures and vision and stuff. He just needed someone to talk about faith with him. But because I didn't realize this, I only realized this halfway into the conversation. The, the train had gone. I'd, I'd missed the boat. <laughs> And so the conversation and the catch-up was nowhere near as good and effective and fruitful as it could have been because of my inability to listen. And as it turns out, really, I didn't just fail to listen. I failed to love. Michael Poor, uh, he's a blogger, writes, Good listening speak clearly. It says, you're important. What you have to say, both your thoughts and feelings, are worthy of my consideration. Good listening dignifies the speaker. In other words, listening at its deepest level is an act of love. Love is to put aside for a second your own desire to be heard, to come across as smart and witty or whatever, and to completely focus on someone else's need to be heard. Cultivating that kind of love is actually not particularly easy. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, we talked about him before. He was a German pastor and theologian um, in the early 20th century. And he wrote this little book called Life Together. It's a, a book about community, Christian community, what it should be like. And in it, there, he has this little section called The Ministry of Listening. And it begins like this. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word... So the beginning of love for the brethren, that is the church, is learning to listen to them. It is God's love for us that he not only gives us his word, but also lends us his ear. Doesn't just give us his word, but lends us his ear. Anyone can learn to be a good listener. You can learn to become a therapist or psychologist and you can be a professional listener. You can definitely do that. But to listen to someone as an act of love, which I believe is the very best kind of listening, starts by first learning to listen to God. Uh, the book of Romans uh, tells us that the Christian journey actually begins with listening. Romans uh, 10.17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So the seeds of faith begin sprouting when you hear the good news of Jesus, when you actually listen to it, whether because you've, you've read it or because someone else has spoken it to you. And the good news is that God has listened to us. He's lent us his ear. He's heard our cries for help, for rescue, a, a longing for meaning and purpose and hope. 
And God has acted in Jesus by sending him to live and die and rise again. The gospel comes in through our ears, but it doesn't stop until it rests in our hearts. And as it does, a lifelong practice of listening to God begins. That's what Christians do. Christians listen to God. Not kind of necessarily a, a weird way of a big booming voice in the cloud. Sometimes that happens. Most often, God speaks to us through his word, through his scriptures, by, by immersing ourselves in his story that is written for us. And as we do, the Holy Spirit makes it more than just words on a page, but a message that captures our attention. And for that reason, Christians uh, do something which is very unusual in, in the world today, and that is, hopefully daily, but at least regularly, we stop. We stop, we quiet ourselves, and we listen. We seek out times of silence and solitude to try and hear what God is saying to us. Sadly, in a world full of chatter, that discipline is harder to develop than ever. Because for many Christians, uh, listening to God actually just isn't part of their day. They find it really hard to do. It's so hard. And even if they do have a regular prayer time, often it's just a time of them talking to God and rarely stopping and listening to him. I love Psalm 131 where uh, the writer uh, says that he has calmed and quieted himself. In other words, he, he shushes his own inner voice. He gets rid of distractions just for a moment to hear from God. In that part of the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah, uh, the story about how he goes up to a mountaintop cave and he's waiting for God to come and speak to him. And this uh, incredible firestorm comes down. It's like this massive eruption. And he goes, oh, but God's not there. And a, a tornado comes around and it's incredible like noise. And it's like, oh, God's not there either. And then an earthquake comes and again, God's not there. And there's this beautiful verse where he says, and then God came and spoke to him in a still, small voice. Or as the NIV translated it, a quiet whisper. God wants us to love him by listening to him. And he wants us to calm and quiet ourselves. He wants us just to shut up for a little bit and be attentive to his still, small voice, his quiet whisper. It's a way that we love him. I've been trying to practice this myself and I've been trying to, um, in my uh, time with God to read the scriptures and pray, but in the middle actually have some time to just sit and, and try to get rid of distractions and just allow God to fill my heart and my mind with kind of whatever he wants to put in there. Emotions, feelings, thoughts, ideas, prayers. That way I remind myself that the Bible is not a textbook to be understood, but a doorway into a relationship with a person. Listening to God is love for God. It's how we give him the attention he deserves. Now, Dietrich Bonhoeffer then argues that unless we love others as God loves us, we will only ever be half-hearted, impatient, inattentive listeners. 
But if we learn to listen to God, then we'll begin to inhabit a rhythm where we're able to listen to others and give them our full attention. And so here are five keys to developing the rhythm of listening. First of all, value each person's story. If every person is made in the image of God, that means every person's story is worthy of being listened to. Hearing another person's story doesn't just dignify them, it opens you up to learn something new about people and the God who made them. And it's important because actually I think in my experience most people don't really think their story is valuable. How often have you heard someone say, oh, you don't want to hear that. It's, it's a long story. It's very boring. You heard that people say that? Have you ever said that? Well, according to the scriptures, if we're Christians, we say, actually, that's not true. Every person's story is valuable, is full of dignity, and is worth hearing, even if it's long, even if it seems boring, even if it's full of brokenness and hardship. And so our response as Christians every time should be, I'd love to hear it. Value a person's story. Secondly, be patient. Human lives are complex. Their stories are often long. It takes time. It might take several sessions to hear someone really, truly. So we have to be patient with people just as we'd like people to be patient with us. Thirdly, be interested. Uh, C.S. Lewis reminds us in one of his books that there are no ordinary people. That every single human being is an extraordinary miracle, a divine artwork, an immortal soul. And when we forget that, we grow bored with people's details about their week or their lives. But when we remember that, suddenly everything becomes interesting. Every person's life becomes extraordinary. Fourthly, uh, ask good questions. A good listener is slow to speak a statement, yes, but is very quick to ask a question. A question tells someone that you're really interested in them. It's an invitation for them to share more of their lives with you. So we should ask questions. It's a good idea to ask open questions. So a closed question is, where did you go to school? It's got one answer, and then normally the conversation ends. An open question is, what was it like where you went to school? It invites a conversation. It invites someone to open up. So open questions like, what did you mean by that? What was that like? How did that affect you? Can you tell me more about that? And finally, avoid focusing on yourself. Watch for when the inner voice prompts you to evaluate what the person is saying based on whether you or not you agree with them. We do this all the time. Try not to spend all your time while you're listening thinking about how you're going to respond, what you could say to come off as wise or witty, knowledgeable, or what sort of advice you could give. There's time and place for those things, but the first and foremost, just think about how you can, uh, as much as possible, take in and absorb and understand what someone is saying. This last week, I decided that as I was preparing the sermon, I'd give this a go. And I wanted to be more aware of myself in conversations. And I realized how hard it is, actually, when you really stop to think about it. 
as I was speaking to people, I was aware of my own heart and aware that I kept on wanting to cut people off. And actually, I couldn't even, and sometimes I found it really hard even to just let someone finish a sentence. Like it took an, an actual effort. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? I was shocked to see how naturally I wanted to speak before listening. So I became aware just of how much I need to practice it. There's not going to be something that I can just suddenly decide to do. It's going to take practice. It's going to take effort. It's going to take time. In our church, we try and uh, program in opportunities to practice this. In our missional communities, which are small groups of of people living as family on mission for God. We, we meet together every week. And at least all of our MCs have gone through seasons of just sharing each other's story, allowing someone half an hour just to speak through their lives and go into detail. I mean, you can ask them questions. And it's great. Our mission community started trying something different. That's every week we set a question, uh, a specific question about life. It might have been, you know, where did you go to school or what did your parents do growing up or something like that. Inviting people to just go a bit deeper into an aspect of life so that we can listen. It's a good thing to practice. I think good listening is like learning to juggle. The more time and practice you put into it, the longer you can do it. So why don't you set yourself a, a goal this week, even just as an individual, See if you can intentionally listen in every conversation you have. Doesn't have to be, don't be weird about it. Don't ask weird questions. Be super, super intense. <laughs> just listen. Just listen. And let it be an extension of your just Christian love for people. So it's hard to overemphasize, I think, how important listening is. But that's not to say that there's no place for speaking. You could say that, well, I'm just going to listen. I'm just never going to say anything. And that would be to uh, not to reflect the way the scriptures teach us. Notice that James says, be slow to speak, not never speak. Just be slow. Just wait. <laughs> he goes on to say, in fact, in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That means that love for God actually isn't just listening to him, but responding to him. In this case, in obedience. That means, so, and so we can follow through that uh, loving people is not just listening to them, but responding to them, speaking to them. And the Bible has all sorts of instructions for how to speak. Instruct one another. Sing to one another. Teach one another. Encourage one another. That one's actually in the Bible four times. Speak the truth about Jesus in love to one another. Listen well. Listen long. But don't just listen because we do have something to say. Most importantly, we have the gospel. The gospel, the message of Jesus, is good news. And so it's designed to be spoken. And not just spoken like it's a good idea or some interesting information, but proclaimed as real and true and, and transformative. Something that can save you. It's truth that can and does change lives. And we've all, well, many of us here have experienced that. The problem is that it's possible for even gospel truth, if spoken without careful listening and genuine love, to be spoken carelessly and untimely. 
Even the best wisdom can damage and wound if it's spoken unwisely. And that's why Proverbs says to us, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Francis Schaeffer was probably one of the best-loved pastors of the last century, and he wrote this about his own ministry. He said, uh, if, if I have only one hour with someone, I'll spend the first 55 minutes asking questions and finding out what is troubling their heart and mind. And then in the last five minutes, I will share something of the truth. Schaefer understood that only good listening shows us the right time and the right way to speak words of love and truth and grace. Listening gave him the skill to use words like a surgeon uses a scalpel with precision and skill. Maybe unlike a toddler uses a toy hammer (laughs) with none of that. In other words, listening is the antidote to unloving talk. But it's not to say we shouldn't talk. And when a knowledge of God's truth and and the habit of good listening are combined in a person, then their speech will reflect what Paul describes in Colossians as gracious and flavorful. So gracious, full of uh, grace and patience, love, compassion, and flavorful, substantial, something real and important and valuable. That verse is Colossians 4.6. Let your conversation be always of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Imagine if that was what defined our conversations. So to sum up, here are three ways to learn the rhythm of speaking. Number one, I bang on about it, but speak only after listening. Two, speak with kindness, gentleness, grace, and compassion. And four, don't speak your own wisdom. Well, there's a place for just normal human life wisdom and good advice of how to fix your sink or something. Absolutely. Chris Porter gives it to me all the time. But don't just speak your own wisdom. Learn to speak the wisdom of Jesus. Learn to speak the gospel. Not just something to believe, but something to speak. Something which actually ultimately is the great answer to the biggest questions. Speak the gospel. Dietrich Bonhoeffer lamented, that the churches of his day were failing to listen and speak well. He writes, Many people are looking for an ear that will listen. They do not find it among Christians because these Christians are talking when they should be listening. Ouch. He wrote that in the context of of Germany in in the 30s. But we need to hear his words today just as much. They still ring true. I don't think necessarily that we're all terrible listeners. In fact, I know some of you are incredible listeners and we need to learn from you. But I know at least for myself that I can do better. Imagine if we dedicated ourselves as a community to developing the rhythms of listening with love and speaking with grace. What kind of community would we be? Well, first of all, we'd be a community that is incredibly attractive to the rest of society. 
Another aspect of Bonhoeffer's words remain true, that people are longing for ears to listen. That's why uh, the industry of therapy and, and psychology is huge and growing, because people are desperate to be listened to, and, and there's a great place for therapy and psychology. Don't hear me uh, wrong. But imagine if Christians learnt to listen well. Maybe there wouldn't be as much a need for therapy, because there'd be people who could listen well and listen patiently and listen graciously and speak words of truth. People are desperate for, to meet people who will take the time to find value in their stories, dignity in their lives, and to offer hope for their heartache. If we can learn to listen well, I'll tell you what, we'll have to buy bigger dining tables because people will want to come. Second, we will be a community, I think, that sees regular evidence of transformation. As we listen and speak to God and each other, the gospel goes just from being information, just, just news, to good news, something that actually rebounds and reverberates through a community, that echoes, that bounces from person to person, leaving indelible change as it goes. The grace and truth and beauty of Jesus becomes contagious. And as the truth is applied with precision and care, we'll see that hearts will change and open up to the blessings of God. Third, we'll be a community where real needs are met. Last week, uh, Chris talked about the rhythm of blessing, that is kind of working for the good and the joy of other people. I think that it can only happen, really happen, in a community that listens well. Because most real needs are under the surface, are hidden away. People don't like to talk about what's, what they actually need in life. But as we listen to people, real needs are uncovered and we'll, show, we'll find out how to fill the gaps in people's lives. Sometimes that gap is for words of encouragement and love, but sometimes it's for tangible expressions of care and generosity. Good listening will make us known for an ability to care tangibly for people. So be a community that's attractive to society, a community that regularly sees transformation, a community where real needs are met, and fourth will be a community that is full of praise to God. As we listen to God and each other, we cannot help but be much more aware of what God is doing in ourselves, in our world. We'll recognize this melody of grace as it's woven through our community, even in the most subtle ways and even through the most mundane things. And as we listen, we'll become a community that radiates joy and praise. And when we get so aware that God has listened to us, he's lent us his ear, he's given us his word. I pray that that's the kind of community that Inner West would be as we learn these rhythms. But none of this is possible if we neglect to first listen to God. If the message of the gospel fails to capture our attention, then not just listening and speaking, but every gospel rhythm will elude us. But if we do listen deeply to the message of the cross, and here's what will happen. Pride will be given a blow. Pride will be put to death. 
pride the enemy of love and grace. How does it happen? Well, unwillingness to listen comes from the belief that what really matters most is what we have to offer, what we bring to the table. That's pride. Pride says, what I can bring to the table is what will give me value and significance and strength. It will make me worthwhile. But the gospel upends that. It turns it upside down. The gospel says that we're justified, that we're made right, that we're shown to be valuable, not by what we can offer, what we can bring to the table, what God has done, what he has brought, what he offers. That the only words that, we, that really need to be spoken to justify our existence are the words that Jesus shouted from the cross. It is finished. The cross brought an end to selfish pride because it proves that no one can boast in themselves. Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If we believe this, if we listen to this, then we will be set free to stop talking for a bit. Take the spotlight off ourselves and give others the gift of being listened to. Speaking only with grace with flavour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're uh, thrilled to hear what you're speaking to us. Quieten our hearts so that we may listen to you and hear truly. Help us be reminded and to believe that because what Jesus has done, we're shown that there's nothing that we can offer or bring that is of any merit or worthwhile or worth when it comes to saving ourselves or finding true value or significance. Help us to listen carefully to your gospel, which shows us that Jesus has done it all for us and that faith starts merely by listening to him. Teach us those deep rhythms, Father, of listening to you so that we in turn might listen to others. Give them our ear. Love them by listening and speaking only what is gracious and true. Forgive us when we fail and fall short, and train us, Father, in these deep ways as we follow Jesus together. Amen.